Chapter Nine of A Superfluous Woman by Emma Frances Brooke. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Bruce Peary. The thing discriminated from all else is the point of danger. Ever since the coming of Miss Jessamine Halliday among them, McGilvery had felt her difference from anything he had seen before with the intensity of a dumbly artistic nature he was profoundly aware of her beauty he knew it to the slightest expressive turn of her head and the wilful manner of the smallest of the tresses about her brow it was only the balance of his mind which kept his feet firmly gripped upon his own standpoint the rock however much the light plays tricks with it is still a rock and though a mute poetry clung about him and though gentleness and sweetness grew lichen-like upon him the sturdier qualities which had disturbed miss halliday's conclusions were the essential matter so that just as he turned a face of unbroken patience to the buffets of the climate under which he toiled he could confront this will-o'-the-wisp loveliness whose sombre eyes cried their own warning by the inward power which he possessed of reticence over his own thought our practised virtues marshal themselves when the tug of trial comes here dull though it might be was his road and nowhere else such a man and no other was he and not an inch would he budge from his estimate of himself and his surroundings but would keep his everyday relation to dry facts undisturbed damming up the surging element of the imagination with the superb pride of common sense it was on the evening after the incident on the railroad that this attitude was for the first time disturbed that night he sat in his cottage with his head in his hands he could not control the spark that seemed to run from his throat to his heart and burn there every time he remembered the manner in which she had risked herself in absurd fears for him he could not rid himself of a phantom pressure against his side of an enfolded something within his arms of every slight shade of the moment's sensations which unnoticed at the time for his grasp of her had been rude and unconsidered now returned and settled upon him as birds come home at eventide to roost outside the hills which from childhood had reached him the help of their tranquillity lay in the eternal sameness of their profound and beautiful peace he scarcely dared lift his glance toward them so conscious was he that his own eyes were changed at last he rose and went out to stand on the threshold of his home he pressed his hand upon his brow and eyes and then his glance travelled slowly and deliberately over the stony meagre land upon which for a century his fathers before him and he himself at last had toiled in stubborn patience and from which annually they had taken nature's niggard reward he surveyed his six poor fields the barley and the oats the turnip and potato drills the scant rough pasture long and steadily the herd-boy drove his cows to the shed and the calves gambled beside them 
the lad shouted as he went to the fowls which had got into the oat-field some doves wheeled from the roof of his barn the smoke poured down from the ill-built chimney over the side of the house near at hand was a stack of peat and there a heap of manure two horses cropped heather in the hollows and close by his old peasant father in greasy clothes and with smoke-stained face crept slowly about prodding at the earth with the staff in his hand as though unable to wean himself from a habit of patient interrogation of its stony surface all these things colin looked at with a consciously deliberate gaze teaching himself once more what manner of man he was and then he remembered with infinite relief that the next day was the sabbath when the sun crept next morning into jessamine's bedroom and laid a beam like a sword across her breast she opened her eyes sufficiently to pass into a waking dream but not enough to gather about her those feints and evasions under which she had been taught to drive nature into cover she lay her eyes shining between her lashes conscious only of warmth and well-being and for the moment as bare to feeling as any pagan girl the feeling was like a dream and the dream was a memory at first her mind recalled mcgillivray's words and played round them bestowing fanciful meanings then his rude forceful pressure returned again upon her slender figure with an alluring yet terrifying sweetness from the chaotic web of light and shade in the room his face rekindled in its kind solicitude and lower than the obvious blowing of the wind outside was the tender emotion of his voice in her ear the next moment the sun escaping more completely from the clouds smote her upon the face with another ray which actually wakened her she started up in bed and setting her feet upon the floor stood with her dark hair tumbling in dishevelled waves to her knees an angry spark in her eye and a frown upon her brow she could hardly have distinguished whether it was against mcgillivray or herself that her wrath was pointed it was sunday and sunday with the mackenzies was a scene of dullness jessamine's sitting-room was an uncompromising chamber a prim square place in which a puritan under the stuarts might have sat nursing his rage against the world and human nature it had for sole adornment upon the walls a map not of the country but of the calvinistic scheme drawn out in diagrams for the assistance of the believing few and the terror of the lax many at the left-hand corner of the map in a melancholy ellipse the damned went forth to flames and worms at the right-hand corner in a no less sorrowful shape the elect marched out to thrones and psalms beneath this stern relic jessamine sat recalling all the defences of society against spontaneity and pinching the heart out of her timid bit of nature 
the fascination of the life between drynock and dalfaber had lain in the element of resistance which met her upon every side had she been flattered and easily accepted it is probable she would have sickened of her experiment before this and have returned repentant to the bosom of aunt arabella but no second-rate lady had ever struggled more ardently to get into a first-rate aristocratic drawing-room than had jessamine to penetrate into this inner life of the sturdy highland peasant and hitherto she had failed failure meant pique and pique gave zest to higher motives it was not so much she felt the individuals that repulsed her as their common reality of life this reality in them appeared to reject her as inevitably as a healthy tissue will reject a morbid growth but had the taste of it which she had just procured agreed with her what was the price of becoming as real as these wholesome highlanders and bundling the host of fictions and fastidiousnesses in which she had been bred out of doors ah that price the fascination of this genuine simplicity and naturalness lay possibly only on the exterior surface and might be lost if she penetrated too far indeed with what unlooked-for dangers might not further discovery be accompanied and with what surprises something in the memory of that rude firm grasp of mcgillivray's arms upon her was fraught with terror his simplicity and directness were in themselves an alarm so brusque was he yet so tender i am very very angry said jessamine and even as she said it the moment came back in such strong appealing sweetness that it overwhelmed the wrath thus one thought with hair-like cunning doubles on another that pursues it my god murmured the girl with her hand over her eyes in an inexplicable medley of emotion and in very real fear being sunday jessamine was banished all day to the parlor she wished the mackenzies were not such rigid sabbath-keepers and that she could have surrounded herself with the cheerful atmosphere of the kitchen and broken the monotony by activity with pots and pans for her restlessness increased as it was she had no resource save reading so she took out a novel from the bookcase it was a book considered by the sick nurses of propriety as eminently suitable to the virgin mind the morning dragged away the afternoon came and jessamine closed the book with a sense of nausea something has gone wrong with this author said she i used to like her all this talk of duty and good manners now seems to me sickly and rotten i don't think dr cornerstone would approve of it i even believe he would call it invalidish she threw it aside and went out into the wholesome air and sunshine as she put her hat on she told herself that mcgillivray was not in her mind 
yet she took the way to dolphaber instead however of passing the cottage she walked down to the lock and sat upon the bank to watch the flow and sport of the ripples about her spread the fields of barley and of oats she looked on them as colin had done the night before yet with different eyes already the barley ripened on the stalk and she knew that the harvesting must begin then again as colin had done she looked to the hills the afternoon light pinked out every bush and rocky angle and deepened the shade in the crevices and burned into the tints so that the hues of the heather became more roseate and the grass and mosses greener and flames of colour stole like still fire hither and thither a delicious undertone of flapping water scarcely heard and yet apparent lulled her ear the wind was in the trees but not on her the sun flung light and shade as seed scattered from a sower's hand upon the lock and the clouds beautiful players moved floated changed catching the light and hiding it throwing it over the hills and withdrawing it with the noiselessness of serene nature the great sweet sport of universal beauty at one with itself content jessamine looked and listened all day she had been trying to goad into activity the small fry of conventionality but the effort died out she fell instead under a grave and strange presentiment for there crept upon her mind the dim consciousness of a difference in herself it lay there like a weight with the heaviness of an unborn child but also it was accompanied with a sense of physical well-being of oneness with the very heather on which she sat so that she stretched her bare hands out and lifted her unveiled face to the sunshine and the sweet blowing of the wind and that vague pleasurable emotion which had wakened with her in the unguarded morning hours returned thrivingly in the sunshine suddenly from the west like a trumpet call shot up a red flame and lit a beacon upon the hills jessamine shook off her dream rose to her feet and took her way back to mcgillfrey's land with more active movement a buzzing of discomforting ideas returned she pictured the peasant as coarsely and consciously reminiscent of yesterday's occurrence and portrayed to the eye of her mind the offensive smile with which he might greet her the blood flecked her cheek and again a spark was in her eye she made ready such weapons as she judged would tell on gaining the top of the slope from which mcgillivray's cottage looked down she beheld him approaching at a distance he came through a narrow path in a field of oats his collie ran to meet him the shrubby birch wood flanked the field in a half circle there was no other figure in sight jessamine walked toward him firmly and deliberately she meant to incline her head with the indifference which had been in the old life her daily practice and which was of all things the most fitting in the manner of a high-born lady toward a rustic her lips 
touching each other without any grimace of firmness yet held the onlooker distant and when as colin came near she raised her eyes their shafts were icy here however the unexpected tripped her up the face her glance swept contained as she saw at once no hint of consciousness nor of any recollection which was touched with levity the man's eyes were raised and onlooking a serious gentleness lay upon his lips his brow had its old aloofness the impressions of the sabbath evening service had not passed from him he had from that sparse sowing reaped richly of his own spirituality and he carried still about him his own thoughts so that jessamine's prepared demeanour stumbled as it were against the massive unpreparedness of a preoccupied mind she received even before her own condescending little gesture was ready the courteous dismissal of mcgillivray's hat-lift and the grave glance of his eyes in her direction then he relapsed into meditation and passed on End of chapter nine